Welcome to the Field of 12 After Dark Show, Sirius XM, ESPNU. Y'all can call me dirty from now on because I plan on getting dirty with George's ass. Let the nuts hang. I'll give you the politically non-correct answer. The lights went out. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It's Dabo doing the gritty. The old man, I'm screaming at kids to get off his lawn. Well, you never know what the hell is going to go on in Morgantown. You get off the bus, it smells like straight whiskey. Cheers, boys. Let's ride. Let's go. 12 After Dark, powered by Bet Rivers. You can check us out on Sirius XM. Check us out on the app when you're driving, whenever you want. Listen in, we got you covered here on a Monday night. This is our overreaction show, Milgi Roth, joined by two of the best in the biz. Throwback. It's not a Thursday, but Michael Felder, dude, throwback, and Max Starks. We've got so many mutual friends. One of our dearest friends, shout out Shel Rosenthal for today's show. Fellas, how we living? Max? Man, doing good, man. Hey, listen, any day you get to go and talk about football, I mean, it's a tremendous day. And the fact that we get to do this until the new year, it's always special. Mm. Feld, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good, man. I Listen, they got us together. Listen, they listen. They put the, this, this trio together. Ooh, I hope you guys are ready for about, We've been I, asking. Guess, I guess we got about 58, 58 and a half minutes left of Real, real good football action. I love that. All right, we're going to get to uh, some of the deep um, in the weeds action here in a second, but just to kind of lay out what we're talking about. It's overreaction Monday, so we're joining the party of everybody overreacting. So uh, we'll talk Heisman, Stetson Bennett. That's a flavor on the East Coast. I'm going to bring a little bit from the West Coast. Max, you're in Phoenix, so we'll talk a little of the West Coast as well. Michigan, are they legit? Are they a subject of scheduling? What do we even think about the AP poll? I've got some strong thoughts on that, fellas. Penn State beat down at Auburn. All of a sudden, Auburn's not good. I feel like if it was like an SEC team that did that to Auburn, it'd be like the greatest win of all time. So we'll, we'll have some fun with that. Kansas, mad props. How can you not do that? Can they win the league? Can they win the league? They beat Texas last year. Who knows? And uh, FSU, Max, we're going to go there. You know, FSU, are they back? Uh, I talked to somebody over there earlier today. They're very excited about that program and much more. Uh, but we begin with a toast and fell. You, dude, I mean, you and I have had many toasts together. Uh, yes. So usually the host does the toast, but tonight I got to pass it on, man. What do you want to toast to? You start the party off. Listen, here's what I'm going to toast to. I'm toasting it almost doesn't count. <laughs> and we, we, we talked about it a little bit pre-show. <laughs> but, man, like I'm going through my list. And, Yogi, I'm going through my list. And I'm looking. Listen, this is what my notes look like. It looks like a psycho, right? Oh, but, my God. I'm going through and I'm like, like legitimately, um, the almost are Wofford. We're looking at an almost in uh, Youngstown State. They, they, Youngstown State felt like they had an opportunity. Yeah. They had a chance. Bobby Petrino, almost. Yeah. And then we go uh-huh. through per, Purdue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Western Kentucky. Mm, God, love those guys. Love the uh, whole family. South Heartbreak. Alabama. Was there called that one? Called I know that that's one, yeah. That's I was wait. I was. I they had it. They had it. Interesting. Apollo, Interesting. Yep. Old Dominion. Cal. Everything got a little Cal. fishy. Fishy. Little We're gonna fishy. talk about the ACC officials because fishy or wrong. <laughs> I mean, multiple calls in that Same. game. I just went back and watched that earlier today. Yeah, and then we're gonna get. We're, I mean, listen, USF. As an offensive line, as offensive lineman, what's going on here? Listen, listen, listen. We're going. I'm I'm stopping. I'm listening. Give us a toast, bro. Give us a toast. The the toast toast. is to almost doesn't count. That's right. I'll take it. The USF one was the most interesting to me because how do you the the bad snap followed by the bad hold? I couldn't do it. But Max, I want to get your I want to get your toast. All right, my toast this evening is 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 pretty simple, guys. It, it's it's to the it's to the king of the south. I have to actually toast it up to Georgia because after because I called that Georgia South Carolina game and listen, undisputed number one right now in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, those boys did what they wanted when they wanted, however they wanted, yeah. and to only give up ten points defensively in three games. Hey, listen, cheers to them. Hey. I, I, I don't like them most times of the year, but for this situation, yes, I got I got to toast it up to them. Respect. I, I dig Respect. it. Respect. Respect. Yogi, what do you got? I'm going to give a toast to people that aren't getting love by the AP poll. I'm talking about the Cougs. What else could you have done? You put a beat down 
in Wisconsin, the second half, they didn't score. Yeah. Where's the love? Oregon State beat respectable opponents every single week. Boise State, Fresno State, Montana State, number four in the country at their level. You talked about almost. It wasn't even close. I'm giving some love to them. Oregon Ducks and Pacific Northwest, UW, put it all over Michigan State. The Both of their resumes were exactly the same. They beat nobody, handled in the first two weeks. Michigan State was 11. UW wasn't ranked. Now UW gets ranked. What if it was flipped? UW should be 11. And yeah. after that win, they'd be eight. So I'm giving some love on what I think is truth, what we see on the field versus what we hope it is in our preseason pro- pronostication. So I'm giving love to the teams that do it on the field. There we go. Cheers. Go. All right. All right. So let's just go, Max. <laughs> let's, let's talk about it. I'll tell you, I watched the Oregon game and I'm thinking, damn. I love a walk-on story as much as anybody, right? As, yeah. as somebody in that community, right? You guys tell me that. Me too. I know your story, bro. So we need to start talking about Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett is not like the walk-on, one and natty. Like, dude's a baller. You saw it firsthand. It's early, but this is what we do on Mondays, apparently. It's the overreaction Monday. So Heisman favorite, is that an overreaction? Why or why not? Listen, I- I'm going to say... As it stands at this moment, as we have three weeks into the season, we have a body of work. Stetson Bennett has over 950 yards passing. Yes. Mm. No interceptions, five tutties, and he also has rushing touchdowns and rushing to him. So when you look at it, I have to say, yes, this is an odds-on favorite in the moment because that's just what he does. He is a guy that is getting the job done. He's rushing. He's moving. He's throwing the ball down the field. He has receivers. He has tight ends. This team looks more complete than it did a year ago. So I have to give much respect to him and say, as of right now, tell me somebody that's going to that's going to compete with him. And I'll say there's some, but as it stands right now, number one team in the country and the quarterback's playing like a number one quarterback. I have to say, I can't fight it. So I, I don't think it's an overreaction mm. at this moment. Ooh, what say you, Felder? I, I, I can't disagree with that. I, I, I really – here's the thing for me. Bryce Young's going to have the hardest time to win the Heisman out of anyone because he has to do more than he did a year ago. Mm. C.J. Stroud is who people want to give the Heisman to. But Stetson Bennett, if they keep playing this type of offense, and Max, I'm so glad you hit on it because Georgia fans, they spent, they spent so much time being bitter and upset about no we could throw the ball if we wanted to throw the ball if we wanted to do it we could do it and I was like yeah but you didn't do it now you're starting to do it now Darnell Washington has become a player now we're seeing them be a little inventive offensively and I'm listen I'm sorry I got family that's from Missouri the show me state so I don't have to believe anything until I see it And now I'm seeing it, and they should be the number one team in the country. It's a team that, Yogi, you're a quarterback guy. Like, they're letting Stetson run around. Mm. Like, the only thing that he can't do is throw the ball as far as some of these other quarterbacks, right? Everything else he does very, very well. Am I wrong with that, Yogi? No, he was in the Oregon game. That dude was money, and and what I saw from the weekend, from the game Saturday, same deal. He, he's deserving of it. So yeah. let's have the conversation then. Uh, I don't, do you, either one of you guys vote for the Heisman? No, no, no. I won't. You, you should. Will not. You should, and you should vote for the, in the AP poll. That's another discussion. We'll get. Well, the the problem is, listen, I've already been cut out of a video for Turner about the about the Heisman because I said that it's obviously a lot of people that don't watch football because the fact that. In Dominican Sue couldn't be your leader, the front runner. The fact that a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman couldn't be the the guy at the top of the board. Yeah, that that gives me pause. But that's a whole. I'll shoulder that burden myself. Okay, we'll we'll get into that one. I'm sure in November. But with <laughs> yeah. that said, I, I'm a Heisman voter. I've been in the last couple of years. Right. And I when wanna, I got that honor, you I don't want to be associated with me. <laughs> I went. I went right to the definition. And the definition is the most outstanding player in college football who exhibits excellence with integrity. It's not best quarterback. It's not best yep. player on the best team. It's, mm-hmm. it's the definition that I just referenced. I'm going to repeat that. 
Uh, I say that because there hasn't been one preseason favorite who's won the Heisman since Liner won it. So what do we do? Preseason favorite, pick them apart all year long. Find a darling story, ride Bingo. it. Right? Yeah. Manti Teo documentary is a great example. Right? Sure. Like He was one of the most outstanding players in college football who exhibited excellence with integrity. And that, that might be debated after you watch the doc. But like, regardless, like the narrative of college football matters. And, and we yes. get to help shape that. So, so with that said, when you look at like how do how do either one of you define it as we're saying hey stetson for a favorite is that a favorite in like what history has proven in the heisman to be over the last 10 15 years or is that like how you see the most outstanding player with integrity max i'll start with you well i think i look at it i think you it has to be excellence on the field that's a precursor right you've got to be good at what you do to even get in the conversation because, you know, look at the guy that, that Stetson played against this last weekend, Spencer Rattler, right? Heisman favorite last year. Well, boom, got benched. Caleb Williams, rest is history. Now he's a South Carolina Gamecock. And so I think of Stetson and kind of the path, right, is that he's ascended from last year to this year when we talk about him transforming as a quarterback and as a person. Like you said, there's a great story there when you're talking about the walk-on, walk-on, leave, go to JUCO, come back as a scholarship athlete, third option uh, on the team that eventually takes over, you know, mm-hmm. five games into the season last year, takes his team all the way to a natty. And now this year, we don't expect anything from him. He, like, he doesn't look the part. He's 5'11", 190. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't picture a quarterback looking like that. But And also – he can throw the ball, unlike Eric Crouch. <laughs> he can actually throw the football. <laughs> uh, I'm still scorned about Rex not winning that Heisman, by the way. If you Larry Fitzgerald, too. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This would have been in there, too. I, I give it, yeah, Fitz was another one. But I think about it, and I think Stetson, because of this team and because of what the pressure is on Georgia to, A, repeat, right? You lost 15 guys to the draft, and they haven't missed a beat. And the confidence within this team, the way they look at Stetson as a true unequivocal leader, um, I thought it just it's, it resonates versus, like you said, think about the integrity. He already has that integrity, and he shows it, and he's he's already a local legend, right? This, this guy is going to be the next Rudy story uh, when it's all said and done. But that's what I think of. I didn't think of it as de- definitively as, 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 as the definition has it, Yogi. But at the same time, it's still it feels like that without knowing the exact words to put on it. Yeah. How about you, Max? How would, or excuse me, Michael, how, how would you define it? Or how would you, how would you put the person that's the lead right now in that position based on your definition? So I'm of a couple different mindsets. I think that, yes, I think Stetson belongs in that conversation because he is ultimately he's, he, it looks like honestly, a guy that looks like him shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be doing what he's doing. And he's the most outstanding player on what ultimately is probably going to end up being the most outstanding team as well. So I love that part of it. And, but the other part for me is I'm looking at these other positions and I'm looking at um, Jay, I'm looking at Jay, uh, what's it, the two Jalen's at, at, at Washington, right? Yeah. Jaylen. And how, yeah. And the way that they show up and I'm looking at Pinnock's as well. Cause wow. What a, what a day he had. Mm-hmm. And then we also went from what, Max, we were on what a week ago, two weeks ago, talking about yeah. Anthony Richardson. Yeah. And yeah. we're like, oh, he's the best. He's the greatest ever. And we're like, and now we're like, oh, he can't throw the ball past seven yards. So, and Yogi, this goes back to a thing that you and I have been through, like obviously working with Trent with the Elite 11. And Anthony Richardson still has to figure out how to become a, a, a surgeon not a butcher, right? Yeah. So there's these guys that have an opportunity, but Stetson Bennett is seizing the moment. He's seizing it. He's living in that moment, and they're giving him more work to do. And I think for me, and I think about it in comparison to someone like Devin Leary. Devin Leary, he's got it all on his racket, same as Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, obviously more talent around him, but – Stetson Bennett appears, at least to me, to be seizing that moment. For Devin Leary, the moment feels very big for him, and he's still figuring out how to manage it all. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I think there was something to be said, even just watching the opener. I go back to that because I had Oregon the second week. Yeah. And I remember talking to Bo Nix and prior to the game, and he was like, look, for us as a collective unit, that was the first time we did anything together. Yeah. When there was a stadium and now make it basically a home game for Georgia, like performance anxiety, except yeah. all, all those things. Like, I don't think Georgia's 49 to three better than Oregon. Oregon, 29 missed tackles. But my point was like, they've been there together. Like yeah. They've been on those stages. So I think it's interesting because they go up against the mighty you know, Kent State this weekend, and then it's Missouri, Auburn, Vanderbilt. Like, it is a weak week for everybody who only has eight conference games, including Georgia. So we'll see. But to, to your point, I like that. I want to run by real quick before we move on to the next topic. Uh, this is how I look at the Heisman. I mm -hmm. put together, like, this document of, like, 10 points that I assess every week looking at it. Okay. One is competitive dominance, like within that is consistency in your performance. Two is the power five filter, like yes. I won't care about the Kent State game unless it's bad. You know, for instance, for him, like it, it doesn't really matter in my evaluation for him unless, again, unless it's bad. Um, three is is what I pay money to go watch this guy play. Got like, it. Do I want to go see him play? Mm -hmm. Four is like, can they process? How do they do it? And are they asked to do it? So I think that's a part of like the excellence that I want to see, especially on big stages. Um, the it factor, which is, can people feel your presence and you make them around, make those around you better? Uh, six is the injury factor. Like, were they injured? How do they handle it when they did get injured? What do they handle when they're banged up? Like, I think there's so much that goes into the hearts and minds of players when they're a little banged up. And everybody will as the season goes on, as well as the injuries around them. I want to know mm -hmm. like, hey, what happened to left tackle? Like, is that why? They had a bad game. Is number right. one and two receiver were out, whatever it may be. Uh, seven is did you win the conference? I think you gotta like be a champion. I think you have to win games, um, or at least it's a factor for me. Eight is like I I get dive into the analytics, um, just because it's so part of it. Nine is like what's integrity like? Like are they in the community? What are they doing beyond themselves? Is it only sure. about themselves? And then finally is like big stages, and I give them a real time grade. And then I go back and look at it. I'm like, all right, what did I really think when I watched it? And then like, what did the film really tell me? And then bonuses if you're a captain or not. So those, I try to like nerd out when I got the honor. Christian, so oh. what you're telling me is Christian Wilkins should have been in New York City. Christian Wilkins, Christian McCaffrey should have won it, right? Yeah. Like Larry. That's Woodward. all. I just, I just want to, I just, all I'm doing is this isn't just a quarterback thing, right? Yeah, no. I mean, look at SC this year. Like I'm calling the Oregon State SC game Saturday night on the Pac-12 network and Jordan Addison and Caleb Williams, both should be in the conversation for the Heisman. They're it. killing it right now. Like, why not? Like, I, you could argue tight end at Georgia is like in the conversation. Right? Like, hours. Hours. The dude run a jet, ran a jet sweep in a game for 18 yards. Come on, you're not at tight end. You're not supposed to run a jet sweep. Okay, I'm just saying. I mean, that, definitely that's not just, for 18. Yeah, not for 18. And then he he had the shovel Oki where where he carried it like a running back as well. For a first down, I'm like the dude is just an athlete. Uh, so yeah, so absolutely, I I agree. Thank I agree. you, thank you, thank you. All right, what so we'll is, have like, fun. This dude is the man. Like, what is? How are you as a defensive coordinator when he starts to move to the other side? You're not like, hey, you got to get wide, push, push, push. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about the rest of them that are on that team? That 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 room oh. is amazing. Um, oh, all right, so let, those guys are NFL caliber. Yeah. Between yes. Dell, Washington, and whenever we see Gilbert along yeah. with Powers, I mean, they can run 14 personnel and give people problems. It's scary. Yeah. I got a right. feeling they will. What else? I know we got to get tomorrow. What yeah, else we'll we keep it going. They, they probably, uh, Kent State, I love you. I appreciate you, but good luck this weekend. Uh, <laughs> with that said, let's, let's go to Michigan. So there's an overreaction around Michigan. They beat up on Colorado State. By the way, Washington State did the same thing that Michigan did. They ain't in the mm -hmm. top 25. Dear AP voters, I'm here to help. I'm not here to hate. I'm here to help you. Hawaii, put it on them, 56 to 10. Jim Mora, tough, tough afternoon on Saturday, 59 zip. Um, and now they get Maryland. Then they go to Iowa at Indiana, Penn State at home before it kind of gets, you know, a, a few challenging weeks for them. So what, what do you think? Um, are they real? I mean, you look at the rankings, they're one of the few teams that haven't had any type of challenge power five contest challenge right like at least ohio state had to play notre dame say what you want yeah. alabama played texas georgia had oregon clemson had you know whatever um as we kind of go down the list they seem to have the easiest road thus far 
Are they real at four, or is that just based on what we think they'll be this year? Felder, we'll start with you on this one. Um, for me, I it's about how good they want to be. And we we've talked about this with with Georgia as well, right? Where how explosive, how scary do you want to be offensively? And Michigan, I still I don't think that they've rounded the corner that Georgia has rounded. Like Georgia's a team that they turned a triple into an inside the park home run. And Michigan still feels like a team that's going to slide into third, even though the guy still has the, is holding the ball in the outfield. And I think that's the difference here. And until you cut J.J. loose, and I think that's the part that's the scary part. When will they, when will they cut J.J. McCarthy loose? Max, you, you tell me. Like, you correct me if I'm wrong, but until they cut him loose, they're putting essentially a governor on their engine, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, especially – and then also it's the production side, right, inside the red zone. You know, are you going to let him run any of the quarterback design draws and allow him to really be that run and dual threat type of guy? So what does Harbaugh want to do? Or is he just – or is he just playing it vanilla because he knows they haven't gotten into conference play yet? Right. They because have the, the guys you've played have been just – let's face it, they're not up to snuff. They're not good enough for where – Michigan's ranked and what their pedigree is supposed to be. So I don't know if they have to take the governor off right now because you don't want to show your hand to Penn State. You don't want to show your hand to Ohio State. You want to keep a couple of state secrets to yourself um, before seeing them. So that's where I find the balance is I think he'll be unloosed and they'll give him more as it gets closer to that conference play and playing in conference. But until then, I think it has to be something where you got you to play the cat and mouse game. So I think it's just cat and mouse game right now. But Michigan, I think, is a very good team. But once again, not tested yet for me to just go and go all in and give them that opportunity. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they got Maryland's big noon kickoff this weekend, both 3-0. and Neither have played anybody. And, and I'm with you. I think all the teams that I've been around this far this year, they haven't shown much unless they have to. You know, right. it's like, let's run our yeah. core offense. And this, to me, I, I think we should beat this up a little bit more. Like, when you're still trying to figure out the QB thing, like, I, I know that every coach is going to run the same system, but they're two different styles of player. Like, yes. w- w- do you think that has any merit, Felder? And and you referenced JJ, cutting him loose. Love him and Kate. Both those guys came through Elite 11. Rockstar, young right. men. When they do cut it loose, is there a comp for him? Like, what do you think you want to see for you to come on on Overreaction Monday and be like, they finally cut it loose. The comp for me with JJ is, is Shea Patterson, which we saw him at Ole Miss when he was unleashed and he was a wild man, right? And yes, he threw some interceptions, but he also made these insane plays. And then he got to Michigan and what happened? They tried to, they tried to put him in, in, in a bottle and he couldn't play that way. And so I'm very curious to see how JJ handles this same thing. And, and, and yo, you've been around him more than I have, but is that a bad comp? Because I think that's what I get. I JJ serves me a lot of, of Shea Patterson. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought of that with him. Um, I could see that. I mean, I think JJ is so dynamic. Like he's got the ability to be so dynamic athletically. Sure. You know, so does Shea though. Yeah, I don't, I, to your point, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, Early in his college career, it was like, oh, whoa. Just figure it out. Yeah, and then as he got into it, and I wonder sometimes, like, when you get into systems that are different, right? He went from a system that was college-y to a system that has adjusted with the times, right, in Michigan. Um, Yeah. I wonder. You know, I, I, I really believe this. I think the number one thing for any quarterback is you have to be accurate. But the two is confidence. And yeah. and, I, and I can't wait to watch how that's managed. Because I, oh. I think – being around Harbaugh at Stanford a little bit, and then you watch him in his career, like I think he's got the ability to inject confidence into anything. And um, see, I and I, take it. Like I, so, I that's what I was gonna say. I, I, I feel the other side of that. Yeah. Same well, thing for, I feel with Brian Kelly, where they make a guy so scared to make a mistake that the guy doesn't play his brand of football. Where I feel with like Lane Kiffin, even with Sark. They inject confidence and they're like, hey, you know what? An interception's an interception. Go, who cares? Go play football. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think with Harbaugh, he 
Harbaugh comes off a of, great because I think as the former player, he's yeah. very protective of his guys. And so yes. he projects that passion because he's really rooting for you. And for us on the outside, I think we kind of see it a lot as, oh, my God, it's like the overbearing, whack controlling, job, controlling. Yeah. When, you know, he wasn't like that with Alex Smith. He wasn't like that with Colin Kaepernick. And I think he doesn't really have that. I think he gets that bad rep because he's so intense and because yeah. he has that quirkiness to him. Um, but everything I've always talking to guys who were coached by Harbaugh and, and different guys, they loved him and thought that he was very supportive and pushing them forward and yeah. making sure he gave some tough love. He'd give you a pat on the back as fast as he'd give you a pat on the a kick in the butt. Well, I don't, I don't think it's a bad rap. What I'm saying yeah. is I think that these guys, I think there are certain players, Max, you know, like there's certain guys, you have to cut them loose. They have to be able to play football the way they play football. Yeah. And but as long as they show you that they can do it in practice. <laughs> well, well, and I think that might be the bit, you know what? Max and Yogi, I think that I think we might have arrived at the answer. Yeah, is what is because Andrew Anthony is maybe Michigan's best wide receiver, and we haven't really seen seen him a ton, which leads me back to the practice thing, right? Yeah, like it's it is. I think I I I think we solved it, guys. There it is. Yeah, Give I, I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's really fun, and I love this on an overreaction Monday of like. I think it's easy to overreact to big wins like we did, as you referenced, in Anthony Richardson in Florida yeah. um, and big losses. But it's hard to even react at all to, like, doing what you're supposed to do. Like, yes. what else is Michigan supposed to do? They've dominated every game, yep. right? Why yep. would they show a thing? And I, I, I'm curious to watch this team. The, the number one thing I'm most curious about is they went on this redemption tour a couple of years ago. Remember that? And it was kind of fun. Yeah. Social media, and we all loved it. I truly believe this, and Max. I want I want your opinion on it because you you play for some of the greats. Um, I think when you make it about that, I think it has a shelf life. Like I think it only goes so far. And I wonder if I was calling a Michigan game, I would ask the staff this: like, hey, when you went back on that, and you made it so much about like redemption right. against others, like, would you have it back? Would it be about like proving it to us? And, and look, I'm coming from the school like Pete Carroll, which it was always about us. And that was like in like inserted right. in my brain. It's seared in there of like it doesn't even matter who comes through those walls at the Coliseum or in Ann Arbor or wherever. Um, I've always wondered that around that program of when they made it so much about like look at like major league, right? Like taking it off. Let's here we go. Here we go. And who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Let's get to yeah. the playoff. Um, I wonder if that wears on you over time. Um, I'm curious, Max, like, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? And what do you think the psyche of that locker room is coming off of CFP and then having the quarterback battle that they just finished? Well, I, th I think you're right. It, there is a shelf life for the redemption Avengers type tour that you're going through. Right. And I think for for Michigan, it has to be more. It has to be because, yes, you went on this this great ride, but still came up empty handed. Like there's no CFP trophy in this hand. There's no national title or rings or a visit to the white house in this hand. We looked really good to be as Ricky Bob would say, if you're not first, you're last, right? You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't finish first. So we're last. So it comes a point where you have to say, okay, what are we going to do to not have what happened last year happen to us? And what are we going to build upon? Like what, what type of identity are we going to have? Because the old guard is gone. Those guys went to the draft. They got picked up. This is a brand new squad. Like you said, I think you saw that shift because you have J.J. McCarthy starting over Kate McNamara. Mm -hmm. right? Kate McNamara was the quarterback last year that marched you all the way to the CFP and, lo and lost. So I already think that you've already turned over that narrative by saying we need something a little bit more, something a little bit different to spark us and – They've done it so far, and they've had to do it with very minimal effort. It's yes. been very vanilla to get the results that they have. And guess what? This team's sitting here in the top four right now as it stands. Now we'll see how it goes into Big Ten ball. But you have to look inside yourself and say, I'm accountable to that guy to my left. I'm accountable to the guy to my right, the guy across from me. And it's about us. It's our journey. Every single year is a new journey for every team. That's why I think – when I said Stetson was a Heisman pick, 
because he's elevated himself. He's not resting on the laurels of last year, and they've become a balanced team because of it, and they now have that aerial attack we talked about. So that's why I think for Michigan, even more so, if you're like, you had to make the decision, right? You already predetermined, hey, Kay was going to start number one. JJ, you're going to start number two, and we're going to duke it out. JJ won that because obviously he's starting in week three. So, <laughs> you know, so now that you have figured that out, now it's like, okay, what are we going to do to make sure that we're the best in, in, in the entire Big Ten so that we punch our ticket? Because guess what? We got some good, we got some good bodies coming up that are going to elevate our status because you're going to see Ohio State. You're going to see Penn State, right? These teams have rankings behind them. We have to make sure that we take care of everything else and leave no doubt because you have to be that good just in case you slip up against Ohio State at the end of the year. Amen. I know, I know we're, I know we, I know we're going to get to Penn State. I just want to, all I wanted to say was piggyback on what Max said. And we're watching Georgia push their offense forward and want to push it forward. And that's where we need to see the team that whipped your behind. They know they have to be better offensively. If the team that whipped your behind knows they have to be better offensively, what do you think you ought to be doing? And then again, because Penn State, I mean, they go down to the Plains and they put the paws on Auburn. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they, they brought the mud hole stomper boots down, <laughs> down there to Jordan here. Yeah, worst they, loss. That's what they did. <laughs> worst loss since 1984. Were either of you born then? I know I was. I mean, I, I was, yeah. You were yeah. in 80, you're probably in 84, Max, I feel like. No, I was I'm, 82. I'm 82, man. I'm, oh, okay. I'm 84. Yeah. I'm 84. Yeah. I'm 84. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, knowing you, felt you probably you probably watched that game like literally as quickly as you could in, uh, in but, the hospital room. <laughs> you totally, totally. Yeah. Your, your love for football started early, but that was an absolute uh, dominant performance. To your yeah. point, to go down there and do that. There's this whole argument I think sometimes that happens over like gritty win, ugly win, gritty loss, ugly loss, and I feel like certain leagues. And I'm biased because I'm out on the West Coast. I feel like it's never a gritty win. It's always like an ugly win out here. But I feel like sometimes you, we don't give enough credit to the team that wins. Yeah. Right. And, and there could be a world where it's like, yeah, Albert just didn't show up. Or there could be a world of like, hey, like Penn State is not just about one of the dopest home environments in a whiteout in the history of college football. Like, Sean Clifford's back for a reason. Like, this team. Hang on. Hang on. Hang player. on. This game was in Auburn. Like, exactly. On yeah. the plates against the ranked team, against like this year, against the ranked team, against the team or a team that was soon to be ranked, if it, it depending on what 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 you follow, for an Auburn team that needed a win coming off what was it the San Jose State game, where they did not look good, Brent Brennan. So you're gonna sit here and tell me that they 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 didn't show. So you didn't show up at home. At home is where you're supposed to be. That's where you are. You don't even have to show up. That's where you win. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, it's funny. I almost, I almost did a toast to uh, the Auburn uh, search firm for saving Brian Harson's job because they didn't have an AD yet. Uh, <laughs> listen, listen. Gus got fired for less. Gus got fired for less. <laughs> so. Hey, thank you, search firm. I'm sure Brian Harris is like, no, 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 keep going, keep going. I need to get through this season first. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it was embarrassing. I mean, it, you have nothing that you got rid of Bo Nix, right? Because right. he wasn't, and you replaced it with what exactly? TJ Finley is still there. Zach Calzada, who you you brought over from AM, and then he's the third string guy, apparently. And the other, like, I don't know, like, we've, we've been, a, the, the, like, speaking specifically to you, Yogi, like, we, we've seen Finley, right? We saw him in high school. Yep. Saw Calzada. We saw, um, like, and we also saw Owen Papo when he was in, and I don't, you spent way more time with the quarterbacks than I did. I was also watching the linebackers. Owen Papo's amazing. And, you can't figure out how to use any of these pieces to, to create a problem. Yeah. It's interesting, man. Like 
you look at Bo and you referenced earlier, I, I wrote a book called five-star QB that came out a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Bo's in it. I interviewed 54 of the top quarterbacks who ever yes. came out of high school. And Bo talked about his experience there. You know, Bo left as the starter. Yep. Bo was just like, dude, I went here. My dad played here. I was a legacy. I just Robbie Ashford is who I was, I was who yeah, I couldn't from remember. Oregon. Yep. Robbie Ashford, gifted, freaky, multi dual sport athlete. Yep. Um, but my point is that like, I do think there's something that we're that, that has happened in the world in certain regions in the country in football mm-hmm. that is only getting amplified with NIL, which is like dramatic expectation that isn't necessarily near reality, which is cool. What I wonder about is like when performance happens and you meet a big game and you begin to get bullied, you begin to recognize like, dude, I don't know. I wonder what teams are like in these environments now moving forward of like, yeah, it's bounce back. No problem. We got this. Or like, oh, sh- oh, boy. 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 And you shrink and you shrink and you shrink. And there's so many other things going on. Like, I think it's it's hard, right? And, and that's why it it's fun to watch not only Penn State this week coming up, but mm-hmm. Auburn against Missouri. What is it? Missouri, LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss. Yep. Missouri, LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss are the next three. And then Auburn's got, they got CMU, Northwestern, and Michigan, but they in that three-week streak three-week stretch with Michigan. Penn State does. Yeah. But Clint, Sean Clifford was also a, a part of – Sean Clifford's the guy we spent time with. Totally. Sean's awesome. And I love Sean. I love, Sean I love is, him too. Sean and Bo are f- very similar to me in terms of, like, career expectations, didn't meet it. Sean went – or Bo went and found a new home. Sean was like, I'm coming back for six. And I bet there's a big contingent of Penn State fans that were like, yes. yeah, I don't know. We should I mean, have had Levis. Well, they had the number one quarterback in America sign a year ago, too, who's yeah. a freshman there now. And I love what Sean's done because Sean is a great example, again, kind of like Caleb on the West Coast, like a great example of a young or of a young man who's a quarterback using their platform to elevate. Dude started an agency, hasn't mm-hmm. let it affect his play on the field. He's become a catalyst in the locker room. It's only elevated his play on the field. Like, I think Penn State is real. We just got done talking about Michigan. Like, what do you think? Do you think Penn State is one of those teams that will fall off mid-October when they have a Michigan and Ohio State uh, on mm. Halloween night? Max, you want to go first? Or you want me to take it? Uh, you take it first because I already know I already know my feelings, but I want to make sure you – if you have some positivity to glean, I, w- I want you to get it out there. Get I can't – I just – I have a hard time thinking that they're going to be better defensively than they were a season ago. And that that's what gives me pause because a year ago they had Jaquan Brisker, right? They had guys that were dead to borrow the parlance from um, the old BC coach. What's his name? They had guys being dudes. And it's, I just, I don't know how much better they're going to get over the course of the season without Jahan Dotson on the offensive side and Brisker on the defensive side. So I think what they're doing is capitalizing and they're making plays. I think they're really well coached though. And that's the part I get. And you know what? Uh I think I just talked myself back around the way. (laughs) I was wondering. No reaction Monday. (laughs) I think they're really well coached. And if you make a mistake, here's what I will say. Penn state, Wisconsin, Iowa. um, I think Wake Forest fits into this camp. I think, with the exception of the referees, maybe, Cal fits into this camp. You're going to have to beat them because they won't lose to you. Yeah, put Oregon State in that. Yeah, Oregon State as well. And by the way, Oregon State, how crazy explosive are they? Yeah, we're going to get to them for sure. But they they, they won't lose. So, no, you know what? I like – yeah, I think Penn, you like Penn State for State. real. All okay, right, okay, all right, Max. Max. Bring us back to your reality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes. Um, but I think – for the reasons you listed before, I'm not sure defensively I trust where they're at versus the offensive production of the other two teams, Ohio State and Michigan. Yes. The Big Ten. That's where I my question. And can I really trust two freshman running backs to really <laughs> be the catalyst in the backfield? Yes, yes, they did great. And always early in the year, you're going to see that, especially from the running back position. Yes. But once you start taking those hits as an 18-year-old, and you start seeing the 21, the 22, and we have super seniors. We got some 23-year-olds. Yeah. Right? 
and they start and they start putting some hits on you, and especially in the Big Ten where that weather changes mid October to November, and you have to carry the ball a lot more. You have yeah, because you're because Sean Clifford's not going to pass it through the air that much. That's where that's where I kind of worry about Penn State. I think they're great right now, but and you're going to get a test and you know within the next thirty days that's going to let you give you the measuring stick, test the weather out there. But I just I don't know if I can fully buy into it because I've seen this so many times where it's built up and it comes crashing down, you know, with just one little move. And having that youth in the backfield is good, but I think I don't know if that plays in their favor later in the year. Okay, real quick, both of your answers. They go to Michigan and then yes. have Minnesota and Ohio State at home three straight weeks. Feller, what's the record after those three games? Just among those three games, they go three and oh, oh and three. So three and up. Three and zero right now. They'll beat Central Michigan. They'll beat Northwestern. So it's five and zero. Top you know five. What? They beat Michigan. They lose to Ohio State. They beat Minnesota. One wow. lost team. Okay. All right, Max. What do you think? The only we're, we're one. What are we? One loss off. Yeah, yeah we're, we're one we're loss recording. off. I mean, that's really what it is. Um, yeah. at Michigan, correct. It's at, at Michigan. Michigan, and then the other two at home. Other two at home. Well, Ohio State Ooh. doesn't matter where they play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Michigan, Michigan in the big house is going to be a primetime game. Mm-hmm. I was actually trying to get that game, by the way, but I was mad. I'm, I'm not going to get that one because I'm, I'm like, oh, I, I could do that one. Um, <laughs> but I still so, I like. Michigan. I like Michigan. So I, I'm sticking with them. I like JJ McCarthy. So they go one and two on that three game stretch, but it's still two losses. Cause I think they win the sure. rest of the, they beat Minnesota. Like you said, Northwestern. Kind of, eh. Yeah. They're, they're going to, they're going to be at that six, was it six and two or seven and two. I mean, uh, Northwestern is the definition of Reggie Miller, basically. Reggie Miller. How, yeah. how about Steve Miller? <laughs> oh. So just a little note before we move on. Minnesota Percy plays Percy Illinois. Miller. How about that? The other <laughs> Master P. <laughs> hey, Minnesota plays Illinois prior to playing at Penn State. Ooh. Ohio State plays Iowa at home prior to going to Penn State. I think this is the part of the season where that stuff kind of matters. It'll be interesting to see. I could see him beating the two big dogs and losing Minnesota. I could see it happen, especially wow. in the big house. You know, I'm not. Wow. A Penn, I mean, I went to Pitt, but I, I, I'm a big fan of their head coach and Sean. It's I thought this. I thought this was an Iowa question because I was like, I don't. I still. I'm still amazed that they scored 27 points against Nevada. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't agree more. All right, so let's uh, let's go to the Big 12. Yes. Um, okay. BYU gets rolled against Oregon, so toss up to. Uh, and we hear that all the time. So it's like yeah. BYU wins the pack. So now is it like Oregon wins the Big 12? I saw those memes going around. Yes, I, saw, I did too. Uh, but Kansas, let, let's let's give some real love to Kansas. Uh, pretty good, pretty good wins, right? They're not yes. the Michigan wins. Like they're the real quality wins. I think when we look at this team, then they get Duke, Iowa State, TCU. What do we think? Like they can be six and zero. Oh. Yeah, and and what do we think about the coach? Like I think there's all you know. Leopold's doing a hell of a job. Yeah, hell yeah. of a job. Does he stay? Is he the hottest coach in America? Like how far do you think Kansas can take, and will it continue? Max, we'll start with you. You know, I mean, this Kansas team is just it, – it, it's built different than all the years past, right? I mean, Lance Leopold really done a great job in assembling the staff but also making sure that these kids are, are what they want at Kansas. I mean, you know, for your second year and all the turnover – and let's face it, I mean, we, all, we only talk about Kansas when it's basketball season for – how many decades, right? Kansas State has been that team that people look to to be that team that's going to be the surpriser. Not not Kansas, not the Jayhawks, it's Wildcats. And this team has a nice balance. And like you said, the schedule dictates it. I was just pulling up the schedule now and yeah. looking at how it's going to run. And when you have that quality win against West Virginia and a ranked Houston team that people had them dubbed as the next you know, non-five type mm-hmm. of Cinderella story to come in. And you absolutely, you, you did work. I mean, to put up 48 points against that team that had a lot of aspirations is great. And you got Duke coming to town. 
Iowa State, I think, you know, it, it's going to be a tough game, but I think I think they beat them. And then TCU, I don't know if this is the TCU of old by any stretch, and I think they can beat them at home in Lawrence. So the biggest test is going to be Oklahoma and Baylor. That that one that this three game stretch of Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State will really define them for this season. And I think until then, it's an undefeated path until then. But the one where I'm going to struggle with is how you do against Oklahoma. You know, Brett Venables and that, and that squad, they've got something to say about it. And it has it hasn't looked pretty. But I think if you can if you can get over the Oklahoma hump, I think that rides you through and you have a real shot at the Big 12. This is a, we're talking about a team that won two games last year. Yes. And, and then, it feels like two in the last a lot of years, right? Like yeah, I was yeah. the last decade. <laughs> they won, they won, there was this, they won, they won zero games in the COVID season. Like it's no, they didn't win at all. If this team gets to five and oh, six and oh, five and one, they're doing work. And I'd love that for them. And I think they do two things. And Yogi, I want to get you, I want, I, you know, like, I know you're the host, but I want to get your thoughts on this because to me, it's Max Mitch and the staff. I know Yogi, you're a big attitude guy, but I also think there's an accountability, accountability element to this team where if you don't do your job, you won't get in the game. Yeah. And tell like, when you watch Kansas play, you can see the difference between, oh, we hired less miles and like, isn't it fun and cool? Versus better. Yay. Yeah. Versus Lance Leopold, who's like, you do what we teach you, or you don't get in the game, and we're gonna win without you. And everyone seems like they're bought in, right, Yogi? Yeah. I, I one of my favorite phrases now is front loading. Like and I look at the top programs and I'm like, hey, what are you front loading here? So like that yeah. meaning when you get there, what is the point of emphasis? Or like yes. truly, like, like here's a great example. I loved hearing this today. It was from Alex Grinch, who's the DC mm-hmm. at USC. He will be the short list for all the head coaching jobs that sure. come and he should be. And he said, all off season long, we scream and yell at our players to finish and finish and finish. But when it gets in a game and it's the end of a blowout like they had against Fresno State. Why would we ever give up a meaningless, a quote unquote, meaningless touchdown? And they had a goal line stand to finish the game. Yes. And his point was like, when we preach finish, when we front load that simple concept, which everyone in America's hand behind the line, not on the line, behind the line, not on the line. I mean, we, yeah. we hear that in our nightmares, right? From back in the day. Yes. <laughs> and then we hear finish through the line, not out of the line, through the line. Not the line. I just love that example of we're not going to allow our players to just give up a score like there's no such thing as meaningless right. touchdowns around here so when i look at right. Kansas, even if it's your even if it's your twos or your threes that's right it's you're supposed to give me give me your max effort yeah so I, i'm actually most intrigued with this team this weekend against duke duke's three and oh they are right? also three and oh and they, yeah, they Mike beat, elko's create he's done what you're talking about with front loading yeah so i i'm i'm high on this game in that regard because i want to see which staff can help their team manage what's in front of them because there's a world now at kansas where like i used to call kansas games in the big 12 and it was back in the day with um uh my man from pittsburgh uh who led him to the orange bowl mark mangino and then oh oh mangino yeah it was me and mangino it was turner gill like i was there for a lot of tough saturdays in lawrence kansas uh but i say that of like everybody's loving both of these teams but kansas more so Right, it's in the Big Twelve. They're both basketball schools. I get all that, but it, Kansas has been so bad for so long. Like Duke and yeah. Cutcliffe had a little thing going there. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm so curious to see how they handle it, and I know what the coaches will be saying. It, it'd be what every other great coach is saying, but I wonder how the players are going to manage this one. This will be fun. It's at home. It's a noon kick. It'll probably be popping. Right, they'll come from that hotel down on the hill. If you've ever been to that stadium, it's awesome. Um, and I, and I want to see how they handle it. Iowa State, TCU. No problem getting up for those games. And we'll see. It'll come down the last couple of possessions. But this one, to me, is circled like crazy. Of I could see yeah. Duke getting one on Kansas. So that's yeah. where I'm at on that. All right, let's, we, we only got 10 minutes left. I want to hit uh, a couple topics, and then we get to do the three-star three star thing at the end. Florida State, we all watched that one last weekend uh, on Friday night, right? It was the 35-31 comeback. I'm watching it, and I'm thinking – this is a moment for this program. Like they hang on, they get this win. And I know Mike Norvell went into the locker room and was like, 
we don't have to lose again. Like we don't have to lose these games again. And I talked to somebody on the staff earlier today and they were just like, man, the consistency and standard here is off the hook. So Felder, what do you think about FSU? Are they back? Uh, you just had the three up three and oh, I'd imagine. This is no, I'm I, no, I'm just saying, I'm saying yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, okay. Yes, okay. okay. All right. I, here's listen. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm. ACC country, the heart, yeah. the vein of ACC country, right up 85. And Florida State's never – they were never vulnerable in my lifetime, like in my childhood. Totally. They weren't. Harley Ward. I mean, you can name the players, right? Like oh, Ward Dunn. Like, are you kidding me? Corey Derek Simon. Brooks, Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks. Ray Thomas. Oh, Terrell yeah. Buckley. Who was the real fast receiver? The dude, I think number Peter nine. Peter Warwick. Yeah, there, there. Oh He's my God! Remember when we saw Peter Work at the opening? Come on! Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. Like so and I was like, he looks like he could still play. This is insane. But like, they were never vulnerable, and then they got vulnerable in what 2014, 2015. And they became vulnerable, and I was like, this isn't how it's supposed to happen. And this is a team that looks like they're trying to take everything back, and it's going to take them time. And it's going to take them, like, because of TV deals and all this stuff, people realize that you can recruit in Florida and you don't even have to be in Florida, whether you're Wisconsin or Oregon or USC or Texas or Oklahoma. Everybody's in Florida recruiting now, which wasn't the case before. But they're like, no, we're taking our whole spot. That's We're taking it back. And, Max, you know about this. The same thing. You're, you're Florida. Like, everybody's in Florida now. So you got to work extra hard to take all that stuff back. But Florida has uh, – but Florida State has a level of confidence that I find remarkable. And they would have packed it in. A week, a year ago, they would have packed it in. Two years ago, they pack it in in this football game. Am I wrong? You know, what, what I look at – because I, I, had, I had the week one game. I had the LSU-FSU game. Yes. Season out. And when I looked at this squad, because when you think of the FSU teams in the past, like it's suffocating defense. It yep. is guys who can rush the passer and annihilate you. DBs yep. who are faster than you. They mm -hmm. will laugh at you as they run past you on an interception run, right? That's the swagger you think of traditionally yes. with FSU and something that I utterly hate uh, because I went one and three again <laughs> four years. So, um, but. But you know, but there was a huge respect because, like you said, the, I mean, the nine, the early '90s teams. Yeah, man, I was a full-blown FSU fan, and so <laughs> I could appreciate that. And the ACC needs FSU to be good. Need them. They desperately need FSU to be back. It's FSU or Miami. One of you two got to got got to get your heads out of your butts. They put One they put the a, they they put the ACC championship game. In Orlando and in Jacksonville, thinking that Miami and or Florida State would be the team that was doing it. And they were like, we're losing a lot of money on this because Boston College fans aren't coming down. They're not, they're not coming to Mickey Mouse land uh, for the ACC championship game. And, and so we were talking about this era where teams are moving left and right and, and yeah. you get teams coming over, right? I mean, think about USC, UCLA coming mm -hmm. to the Big Ten and the shockwave it brought post-Texas, Oklahoma, that shockwave. Yeah. Now everybody's like, well, who is the next one to absorb, assume, or lose? Oh, yeah. And so for the ACC to continue that viability in that, you can't just sell Clemson. You can't no. just sell – Pitt, VTech, Wake Forest, like a like a mixture. You gotta have one of those two Florida teams to pull their weight in that. So now it makes that market even more desirable. So now you could say, listen, and, and and listen, I would love for it to be Miami, just for the simple fact that you have that old Big East assumption yeah. that comes into that, right? Think yeah. about you have a Pitt, Miami, and Clemson, kind mm. of a little connect the dots there. Maybe Virginia Tech gets good. And Virginia Tech can somehow pull it together to reel themselves in. But, you know, I hate to say it, but nobody cares about the Carolina schools when it comes to the ACC and football. You know, I, listen, I know, I know. I love you, Mike. I love you. <laughs> really, I do. But honestly, 
when we think of them traditionally, it's always basketball. It is always basketball, and it's nuanced when they are in a position to be good. We're like, hey, good for you. Welcome to the conference. Come on over, bud. It's like how we feel about Vanderbilt. Like, thank God you guys have baseball, right? You know, because that's it for you. That's the only contribution you make is that we know we can count on you to take it to the College World Series. But the state of Florida is a different thing because, like you said, everybody wants players from Florida. And if you continue to let them go out west, you let them go to the Big Ten, you let them go to the Big 12, you let them them go to Clemson, SEC, or Clemson. What is that doing for our brand as being the Atlantic Coastal Conference, right? You've got to have that coast. That's the southern coast of it, and that's the heartbeat. So you got to have one of those two schools come back and, hey, Florida State, you were the ones that were the flag bearer, you know, in the the late 90s, all through the 90s and the early 2000s. It was FSU's conference. Yeah. Now you need to come back and reclaim that glory, right? Okay, real quick. Real quick on that. Max, (laughs) you got to answer this, but in like 30 seconds. Why okay. didn't you go to FSU? Ooh. If that was the dream Ooh. school, you were going <laughs> because when I got there and they said, "Hey, you know, you can come here and that you can, uh, you can, you can redshirt and you can sit for another two years, but by your junior and senior year, you could be a starter in a first round draft pick." I said, "Sit for three years? What? Are you kidding?" No, I said, "Hey, Bobby." Thank, th- hey, thanks for dinner at Silver Slipper. I appreciate it. Awesome job, but uh, I- I'm not I'm not coming here to FSU if that's the case. And and they were dead serious about it. I'm like, no, I knew what I I knew what I could do. I knew I could contribute immediately. And so I was like, boom, these dudes are. I love now. this. <laughs> I love it. I love that. That's no, that's fantastic. Because listen, I sat for four years, and guess what? We're on the same show together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, real fast, um, we're going to get to our uh, our three stars here in a second, the last four minutes. But I want to just pose a question that we could pick up next week. Um, when I think of the ACC, I don't think of Clemson. I think of Clemson as one of the big blue bloods in the last decade in college football. When I think sure. of the ACC, I think Florida State. I don't think Miami. I don't even right. think Pitt. Like, so I think there's a really unique time for Mike Norvell for a land grab if they can take a run this year because yes. they are the association – to that league, to your point of the old Big East, like, yeah, still breaks my heart. All right. So with that said, our last three, we got three minutes. Felder, you going first. Max, you go second. I'll go last and close out the show. Are we going to go? Are we going to QB? Are we? Are we going to do three rounds? QB. Round? Yeah, just hit me with all three. QB skill defense. What you got? QB. I got Tate. What's it? Tate Rodemaker from um, Florida State. Nice. Six of ten against Louisville, and the guy survived. He, he helped them get that win and, and touched it like. Get, go ahead, touchdown. I love that. I've got um, Washington's wide receiver, Jalen. Um, McMillan. Polk. Polk. Yeah. There's Polk. two Jalens. They got two yeah. Jalens, but I go Jalen Polk. Um, okay. 153 receiving yards. Amazing. Getting the win over Michigan State. I hope my wife's not listening. She went to Michigan State. She's going to be upset. Beat down. Beat down. And, and um, I'm going with Aaron Casey from Indiana. Um, I think he had three tackles for loss in a game that they needed. They needed that game. If they would have lost that game to what, Western Kentucky, right? If they lose that game, Tom Allen feeling a little heat. He's feeling a little heat. So I think that I, I those are my three. What do you guys got? What do you got, Max? All right. Well, what I got, uh, I'm going to have to go with the game I, I was watching. So <laughs> I, I like Stetson Bennett. I mean, you know, 16 to 23, 284, two passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. The man had an efficiency over 200. He was just doing what he wanted in that yeah. game. Um, so that that's my quarterback. Skill, I'm going to go Blake Corum. When else do you get five tutties in a single game yeah. and you rush for under 100 yards? Think about that. <laughs> 12 carries, 71 yards, five tutties. So wow. I'll, I'll give it to him uh, for Michigan. And then defense, I'm going to go Jay Ward from LSU. Um, nice. You, you really needed this game against Will Rogers. We knew what the aerial attack was. Yes. Mississippi. We knew they were just an onslaught of air raid. and you They held, were on the ropes. Yeah, on the road. And you held Will Rogers to, to under 250 yards passing in this game. And you also had the only interception. You had 11 tackles and one interception, the key interception in that game. So that, that, was, that was my three. What, you, what, what do you have, Yogi? 
All right, I like it. Nice drive by Jaden Daniels at the end of that game. I'm going offense, Michael Penix. I think he's a Heisman candidate. we got to talk about him that way. Dismantling of Michigan State. Wasn't sacked one time. Michigan State led the nation in sacks coming into that ball game. Skill, Travis Dye. I got to see this weekend. He's pretty impressive. He's going back to the state of Oregon. He's kind of like running like a man, running through dudes at the end. I'm excited for this guy. He's married man now. He comes back to that state big game Saturday night. And then defensively, because I was watching him all day, I fell in love with a guy named Solomon Bird. This guy played five snaps in the opener on the defensive line for Alex Grinch. He finished the game with sack calls, fumble, multiple huge plays in the backfield. They're going to need him all season long because if SC can have a pass rush, they could have a chance to play with the big dogs. So I'm staying with the West Coast. Can't wait to call that Saturday night. So with that said, we're out. We love you. So much fun hanging with you guys. Big shout out to Michelle Rosenthal, Max. You know what I'm talking about. Fellow, I miss you, man. I can't wait to see y'all. We're out of here. This is, um, I was going to say Pac-12 after dark. It is kind of sometimes that way, but it is not that. It is a lot of blast. Had a lot of fun with you guys. Appreciate the time and attention. Big thanks to everybody who's supporting us at Bet River Sportsbook. Peace.